Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey Siri, what is I Doubt It With Dollamore? I Doubt It With Dollamore is a liberal bleeding heart third-rate podcast that nobody listens to. It is hosted by a big ginger angry gobshite and his talented sidekick, Brittany Page, who is the best part. They mostly shit in Donald Trump's mouth. I mean, what the fiddling fuck. I would never listen to I Doubt It With Dollamore, and would encourage you not to either. Brittany is always the best part. Fuck this shit. I'm out of here. Fuck you all. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. Episode 419 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dollamore. And I am seated next to what used to be the birthday girl on Thursday, mm-hmm. who is no longer the birthday girl, Brittany Page. It's all over now. It is all over. The fun times have ended. Now it's time to talk about my birthday. Well, no, not quite. Yes. No. Wednesday. This Wednesday. Yeah, so we'll talk about it on Wednesday. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we are we are doing something special for our birthdays. Are you talking about 23 and me? Yeah. Oh, it's so special. Last year. Yeah, we got these. We last got these year. last year. These 23 and me personal gene- by the way this isn't a sponsorship this is just us doing this mm-hmm. and uh we got these and so this year we're gonna actually send them in <laughs> yeah we just we just registered them so now we just have to spit in here i'm gonna see how much caveman dna i have yeah i'm guessing a lot mm. of neanderthal dna yeah you probably not so much yeah i have no idea what my ancestry is yeah None. me either so- i've mean, I got a little idea I mean, my parents always said, oh, we're descending, we're descendants of the Vikings. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. That the girl who was raised by white supremacists yeah. was told she was descended from Vikings. Yeah. So I'm sure when I get it back, <laughs> it will just say 100% Viking. Right. Didn't you also have like <laughs> pictures of Odin and shit mm-hmm. like around? Yeah. Little sculptures. <laughs> so... My dad had an, a tattoo of Odin on his arm mm, as well. Odin. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Good times. Mm hmm. <laughs> it's better than that dingus who got the the Sam Harris tattoo. Yeah, that's really strange. Yeah, that's I, really strange. I was thinking about it. I was talking to somebody about it, and I, I said, like, I could see somebody having a, a Christopher Hitchens tattoo, because Hitch is dead. But to put a live dude on your arm, a guy you don't know, I, you know, it's not like a your uncle or your, your dad <laughs> or somebody who's close to you. Yeah. It's some random podcaster slash wannabe philosopher you know well i think people have um 
different ideas about tattoos than you. People get tattoos of Hillary Clinton. Um, the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tweety Bird. So wh- yeah. whatever it is. People, people like what they like. People are going to do what they're going to do. And they too. want it permanently on their body. So let me ask you this before we move on here. Since you are a year older now, officially a year older, uh-huh. uh, any 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 lessons you took away from last year? Any any marketed growth that that that, that happened? Any takeaways? How about that? Any takeaways? Um, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. Um, well, I um. <laughs> Thank you. Buying me time. Um, yeah, I'm not prepared. Oh, <laughs> that's that's really true right now. Um, yeah, I I guess so. Um, I think that I, as you get older, you probably start coming to terms with like who you are and who you want to be, and you're thinking about those questions, right? As you get older, sure. Do you do that? Um. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'm not as reflective and, you know, you have very great emotional intelligence and I'm, like I said, I'm probably filled with Neanderthal DNA, so I'm not as thoughtful, not as mindful. Well, get ready because I'm going to ask you this question later. Um, (laughs) I will be prepared. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think I've been um, engaging people less online and doing fewer debates and... um, in general, kind of pulling back from that a bit. And I think part of part of what I have learned is that I don't really um, care um, anymore <laughs> about a lot of things. Um, and one of them specifically is like men who can't hang. Um, Oh, there's a lot of dudes who can't hang. With like women who get angry about women um, being vocal or asking for evidence or telling them that they aren't being reasonable or that what they're saying isn't rational. Do you mean kind of like dudes that would, if I, if my name was on the very same post that you would post, they would treat me differently than they would you because you're a woman. And if you, if you show them up or if you make a good point they feel they feel wounded by that and then they lash out yes and i don't think that this is a lot of men cuz i don't i don't encounter this very much but yeah. i do encounter it sometimes and it used to hurt my feelings like when i would be told that i was condescending oh or yeah. that i was aggressive right yeah. any of these buzzwords it's kind of like the bossy thing yeah or bossy and it doesn't come from all men it only comes from certain types of men certain flavor and those certain types of men are the men who can't hang and um <laughs> i i've learned to accept that it's less about me and more about them and something that they have going on yeah. You know, so I, I think that's one thing that I've grown a little bit with because it used to hurt my feelings. And I used to think, God, am I really like being aggressive? Am I really, you know, a turd out there? And <laughs> a turd out there. <laughs> and Just a turd. And I would I would kind of talk to other people like, you know, reading my posts or listening to me. And I'd be like, you know, what do you think? 
And I'm not someone who just knee jerk says, oh, I'm being treated differently because I'm a woman, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, um, no. But I think there are instances. I wish you were more of a, a, a kind of a, an aggressive feminist. More. <laughs> you do. Yeah, I think it would be great. <laughs> I mean, but you're, you're so fucking metered. About almost every... This isn't going to be a circle jerk, everybody. Where I'm just complimenting Brittany. Just wait till we get into the show. It's uh, just going to turn real quick. It's my birthday. <laughs> it's my birthday. It was. We've got like 363 more days. You know. Till the next one. Just relax. So so you've... you've um, you give them less credence. You give them less space in your head now. Those ty- that flavor of dude. Yeah, it's just whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't have to... I don't hear it from women. I don't hear that from women. Condes- you know? That you're condescending yeah, and I don't, or aggressive. I don't, I don't hear it from most men. Yeah, like I said, it's only certain types of men. So, yeah, it's something that I've... Are they like neck beardy types or... Oh, it depends. But, you know, it, it just... it It's something that I'm starting to realize that... That's on them, not yeah, on you. Yeah, and it's something that I've struggled with my whole life, actually, because I even when I was younger, similar to you, always having an interest in politics and kind of debating, yeah. I was the same way, and I would encounter like adult men um, who would treat me like that as a teenager, and I always felt like, oh, well, maybe I'm just a dumb kid or whatever, you know? Um, like, it's always been a kind of know-your-role thing. Yeah. And no. My... <laughs> That's not my role, right? <laughs> Our role is to take care of biz. Taking care of biz. That's right. Brittany Page's role. All right. All right. Well, uh, thank you. For, happy birthday, Brittany. Yeah. And then we'll... Let me, let me speak for the audience and say we, we love you and, and appreciate you and uh, keep fucking being you. Yeah. Thanks. Um, we'll, <laughs> thanks. We, we will uh, look forward... Is that for- a sound? What was we'll, that? <laughs> we'll look forward to hearing your answer to I that question. I might not have an answer. Yeah. Neanderthal DNA. Good times. So let's move on to some voicemails, everybody. Last time on the show, we talked about Brittany Page. She saw a photo of like this like tropical clamshell drink in a restaurant. And she looked at the pictures online on like Yelp or whatever. And she saw several pictures with like multiple straws in there where like yeah. five or six people were sharing the same Drink, yeah, like the whole table. And Brittany has a proclivity to be a little bit on the germ con- conscience conscious side, yeah. And uh, we talked about it. Well, someone called in and they uh share Brittany's proclivity to fear of germs. Hey, Jesse and Brittany, this is Andy from Oklahoma, and I just wanted to chime in on the germaphobe drinking after people thing. Uh, when I was like 10 or 12, um, my parents went out of town and my grandma stayed with me. And one morning I was kind of getting ready for school. I was eating cereal and I had a glass of milk and my mom called just to kind of check in and and they were going to be home later that day and they were just calling to say hi. My grandma answers the phone and hands it to me. And as I'm on the phone with my mom, she just picks up, without asking, picks up my glass of milk takes a swig of it and just sets it right back down in front of me. Oh no. And I like, <laughs> I paused and it was just a dead silence for a good long while. My mom was like, hello, Andy, are you, hello, are you there? And I said, mom, I need you to listen to me very carefully. Grandma just picked up my drink and drank it and put it right down in front of me. She's like, I can't understand what you're saying. And I, said, I will talk to you about it when you get home. And sure enough, as soon as, you know, they got home, we exchanged pleasantries and my grandma left. 
like as the door shut behind my grandma, I said, Mom, you're not going to believe what happened. It was horrible. And I, it was like traumatizing. And uh, so anyway, and, and even today, my wife thinks it's so funny because like, you know, we do stuff and she will, <laughs> you know, if, if I get a drink, I always put two straws in it if we're going to share it. Um, oh, come I'll on, share man. A straw with her. If, if she hands me a drink or something, I'll, I'll take her straw out and take a sip of it. And usually I don't even share a drink at all. Usually I'll just you know, get another drink for her. But uh, anyway, so yeah, pretty, uh, pretty gross. But uh, anyway, <laughs> just thought I'd share a, uh, just to let you know you're not alone. And uh, anyway, all right, David Small is the worst. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> is what that going to be a drop now? What a nice sign off. Wow. David Smalley's the worst. So, let me just say, before you launch into your love and adoration of a fellow germaphobe, uh, ah, that's weird, Andy. If you do stuff, do stuff, quote unquote, with your wife, Mm -hmm. we're assuming you do stuff, you're already exchanging fluids in the most intimate way you can. Correct. What in the hell do you got a problem with drinking after her? Mm Mm-hmm. I think even Andy would admit that is that is uh, irrationally irrational, Ex- um, extra irrational. I don't I don't know that he would admit that. Maybe he would, because I think I can identify parts of my neurosis that are irrational. But that doesn't mean I can. Like when people wear shoes in the in, in the house, you don't call them shoes. You call them bathroom shoes. <laughs> All shoes are mm-hmm. bathroom. If you wear shoes in a bathroom, they're now tainted. They're bathroom shoes. Well, I mean, that's not really fair. It should be the worst place they've ever been. Then th- they become that place shoes. So it's a good thing you don't live with somebody who works in like the morgue. Yeah. I mean, if the morgue is clean, then that's fine. But if there's fluids or anyway, so you don't mind having dead people particles all over everything. You know, let's not overthink this. Okay. Um, so, so Andy, he, he left out the, what I want to know, <laughs> which is how this started because he didn't really talk about, um, like getting this from his parents or something. I mean, he, he said that he was trying to tell his parents how gross it was that his grandma just drank out of his yeah, drink, yeah, yeah. but he didn't indicate like if they would have shared that disgust with him. I got the vibe they knew. They would have shared the yeah, disgust? No, not shared the disgust, but they knew he had an issue with it. Okay. And they commiserate. You know, they'll just, you know, oh, yeah, Andy. Yeah, yeah. little, little, little Andy, our little germ buddy. Yeah. Um, they tolerated him. Okay. So, because I'm interested. He's lucky that he just fucking give him away. <laughs> like, this is too much. He's out of here. No. <laughs> um... <laughs> Because I I'm curious how it started. Um, it, obviously he notices he notices that it happened pretty young. Yeah. Because most kids don't care about it. And I remember I was I was totally the odd man out when I was growing up, and all my friends were drinking after each other, and I was mm. like, no, I will get my own drink. <laughs> right. Um, I was the weird one, and I still am. The did weird they call one. you condescending after you did it? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Andy, thanks for calling, brother. We appreciate it. Uh, let's move on to a little bit more serious. Gary in Washington wants to talk about Donald Trump and has a little bit of a immigration rant. Hey guys, it's Gary from Southwest Washington State, Lewis County to be specific, which is pretty much a bastion of Trump voters. 
I just listened to President Trump's most recent miasma, putrid crap, railing about it's all the Democrats and Mexicans are at fault. Couldn't be his fault or his administration's. I was prompted to call my U.S. representative, which I do a couple times a week, and ask if she would demand a hearing by uh, by the House for uh, for DHS and HHS directors, you know, and, and ask them specifically what the fuck is going on. You know, what processes have they put in place to reunite these kids, keep track of, make sure that the parents knew know where their kids are, and make sure that they can identify each kid with each parent. What do they have in place to do that? You know, I just, I can't see how they can allow this to happen. You know, again, Trump acts with no knowledge of forethought. He just blunders into shit, and we all pay the price. I, I'm afraid that my representative is just going to end up like the rest of the spineless Republicans in Congress and continue just to continue to kowtow to Donald Trump. I mean, all they can do is utter these noxious putrescent statements about Trump and it's disgusting and ultimately un-American how he is behaving. And our Congress, our Republican-dominated Congress, does nothing. I mean, he calls Hispanics breeders. He makes moral equivalency with racists in Charlottesville. He calls immigrants vermin and an infestation. Trump speaks of these people as though they're subhuman. It's, it's, just ultimately so disgusting. And as usual, we see Trump and his attorney general lying about their policies that they instituted, which are absolutely amoral and evil. They are denigrating the status status of America here and abroad. And now Trump's having a summit with Putin when he goes to Europe, a man who attacked our country and our elections. I, I, again, I asked my congressman, I hope she can denounce that in meeting in the, in the strongest of terms. Back to immigration. You know, immigration is down. In 2003, we're roughly 1.2 million people apprehended at the border. The last few years, it's averaging and it's going down. It's averaging about 350,000. So it is not a goddamn crisis. But the hypocrisy of the whole thing is just astounding. Let's blame the people, but let's not blame the companies that hire them when they come here. An example of that hypocrisy is Freshmark Slaughterhouse in Ohio. I believe it's in Ohio. It was raided last week by a hundred uh, by ICE agents, and a hundred and fifty undocumented were arrested. And guess what? Nothing at all happened to the employers. The people who hired these undocumented people took jobs away from real Americans. You know. Nothing happened to the employers at all. Isn't it Ill- illegal to hire undocumented? I, I thought it was. I just it, it, The pervasive callousness of this administration is astounding. And really, guys, let's not even get into Melania's fucking jacket and whatever that means. As usual, you're both the best parts. Thanks for listening. Bye. Yeah, um, I think that echoes a lot of what we have been feeling and a a lot of what um most people have been thinking there are three points there that kind of stuck with me one while he was talking it occurred to me that things are gonna get worse for us and for the country for the nation for immigrants for refugees relative to the policies of america they're gonna get worse the more comfortable Donald Trump gets. 
in office. So it's going to continue to get worse. Yes, yeah, we haven't seen the worst of it yet. Um, I really try not to be an alarmist. I, I hesitated to use the words internment camp related to, to what he's doing. Until I saw the headline that they are looking right now just to place 20,000 immigrants and refugees on a military base. That's an internment camp. That is what that is. I wouldn't say concentration camp. But I think Donald Trump, the more comfortable he gets in office, once he gets his sea legs, if you will, about him, and he starts understanding the presence and the power that he has in that office. Shit's going to get worse. I don't think it's just as he gets comfortable, though. I think it's as he realizes that the more he can get away with without Republicans saying anything or trying to get him under control, yeah. like the more he can get away with without facing consequences, it will continue to get worse. He's basically continuing to push it to the limit right like here we go yeah, i'm gonna say this i agree with that i think that ultimately that feeds into his level of comfortability you know what i mean mm -hmm. the the other thing is gary these talking about the stats that we actually have a net negative immigration in this country over the course of the last couple of years more people are leaving than are coming in that's a fact and it does not matter to people on the right, to Fox News viewers, to Donald Trump diehards. <clears throat> Excuse me, Donald Trump diehards. That just doesn't matter to them. They're not interested in data. They're not interested in research. They're not interested in hard statistics that can't be argued. Whatever their, their orange-faced Fuhrer says, they buy. They, they drink it down. They eat it up, spoonful by spoonful. And the third thing in the call that I really, this I think might be a controversial thing. But if the, if, if the Republican Party was really concerned about stemming the tide of illegal immigration into this country, they would punish employers, companies and corporations that do the hiring. You don't punish the illegal immigrant, the undocumented worker who's just coming here to work, if you really want to cut it off at the source, you punish the employer. But a Republican Party's not going to do that because they are slaves to corporations. The tax cut is evidence of that. Middle class tax cuts, oh, those expire pretty rapidly. Tax cuts for the rich, and tax cuts for corporations, perpetuity. So when we were talking about that, the stats on um, the immigration population falling, mm -hmm. um, we were talking about this a couple days ago. It's from Pew Research Center. Yeah. And um, we... Nonpartisan. Yeah, we were saying that this is partly attributed. Actually, we were saying it was completely attributed, I think, to more Mexican immigrants leaving the U.S., than coming in yeah but actually it's also fallen because of a decrease in the number of immigrants just coming at all um so it isn't just because um immigrants are also leaving the country it's both of those things so mm -hmm. fewer people are coming 
And more people are leaving. And more people are also yeah. just leaving. So when they try to use these scare tactics and say that we're going to be overrun. Yeah. And um, it's going to be an infestation. Right. That's that's not what the stats. Right. The data suggest. doesn't back that up. Yeah. So so it is interesting that um, some people want to try to use statistics when it favors their perspective. But then when it doesn't, they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. They just want to use buzzwords that terrify people and appeal to their um, racist tendencies. That f- stoking fear in the populace, mm-hmm. which, listen, a-, a president should be an honorable individual. They shouldn't they shouldn't seek to to hit those triggers in us that are natural to fear the unknown. Right. To he, we, we shouldn't uh, appeal to the tribalistic nature of our humanity, which is it is that. It should appeal to the best of us. Yeah, they they should appeal to the the the, the better angels of our nature. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump does not do that. In fact, he he avoids doing that. Because if he did that, reason would prevail and his policies would appear as they are which are blatant human rights abuses of the highest order. So thank you guys for the calls. We appreciate it very much. We're going to move on. If you too would like to sound off, leave a voicemail, fewer than three minutes, call 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and Good-looking listeners like you, by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Sheila. Sheila. Our latest Patreon supporter. That is fantastic. Thank you so much, Sheila. We really appreciate it. If you would like to join Sheila, join the Patreon family, you can go to dollamore.com slash Patreon, like the drop just said. But there are other ways to support the show that aren't as active as that. If you are a shopper on Amazon, we would love for you to go to dollamore.com slash Amazon. That doesn't even take you anywhere. It redirects you to Amazon. And all you do is just shop like you were going to normally shop. Yep. And uh, we get a little something. Yeah, we get a little like a commission. You Mm -hmm. don't pay any more. And if you're going to spend your money there anyway, why not help your favorite show, your favorite twice weekly, sometimes three times weekly show filled with news news and ridiculous comment? That's from me, the ridiculous comment. All well, right. we also don't just do news. We do other things as well. Yeah, society and culture. Mm-hmm. Brittany's hilarious, making all the jokes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you want a different co-host? Of course I don't want a you different wanna start, co-host. You want to start auditioning people? Is that what you want? It's almost my birthday. I expect you to be nice. For your birthday, I'll get you a new co-host. Wow. This is no good. <laughs> That's prick shit, bro. That's prick shit. Anyway, thanks for the support. It, listen, uh, if you're not ready, if you're in a financial situation or just, you know, fuck us, doesn't matter, that's fine. You can also go leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, and that helps us out a tremendous amount because it gets us the show in front of new listeners who uh, check us out. So. Mm-hmm. Good times. We love you guys. Thank you very much. 
Columnocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So before we, we move on to the regular order of business, let's let's talk a little bit about Sarah Huckabee Sanders using her government Twitter account. At PressSec. At PressSec to name a restaurant at which she was denied service. Red Hen in Lexington, Virginia. This and, is her tweet. Should I read it? Yeah, yeah, read the tweet. Last night, I was told by the owner of Red Hen in Lexington, Virginia to leave because I work for at POTUS. And I politely left. Her actions say far more about her than about me. <laughs> I always do my best to treat people, including those I disagree with, respectfully and will continue to do so. Mm. Um, the injustice. Well... I- I'm conflicted. Yeah. I really am conflicted. About whether or not this was right for the owner of Red Hen. That's right. Oh. Coffee almost got dumped over. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm conflicted about this. I don't know if it's the right thing to say, get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. On it, listen, if I had a business. We're working through this in real time. Yeah, it is. It is real time. Well, that's how we, how we do the show. Mm-hmm. If I had a business, well, first let's talk about her dad's tweet, and then it'll give me some time to kind of work through. Mike Huckabee. Yeah, Mike Huckabee, her her father, the guy who championed Kim Davis, who said he was willing to go to jail, um, in place of Kim Kim Davis. Right. Kim Davis, the county clerk in Kentucky, who wouldn't issue a marriage license to um, a couple. The elected official. Right, um, who didn't want to issue a, a marriage license to two men who wanted to get married. She refused to issue marriage licenses to LGBT com- community members in her county at all, just mm-hmm. refused. She ended up going to jail very briefly for it. Mm-hmm. Just a bit. But that's the ultimate in not, in, 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 that's kind of the rub here too, mm-hmm. is that that is a county government official refusing to do her job. Mm-hmm. Refusing the, the county services. Mm-hmm. This was after um, marriage for the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community was legal, mm-hmm. made legal, declared legal by the Supreme Court. So there is kind of a discrepancy. But anyway, he tweeted, he retweeted her tweet and said, bigotry on the menu at Red Hen Restaurant in Lexington, Virginia. Or you can ask for the quote unquote hate plate. Mm. And appetizers are, quote unquote, small plates for small minds. You know, he colors himself a fucking funny guy. Yeah, just like me. The giant cheese-filled clown shoe that is Mike Huckabee. But so you're conflicted because you, and I'm I'm assuming this is what um, the conflict is, is you don't want to fall into a trap of... Um, basically what would come down to a debate about who can be refused service. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Listen, if I had a business, I I don't know that I would serve child molesters. But I think that could rationally be worked through that they're a danger to the rest of your customers. Potentially. You, you don't serve people who have passed bad checks and you know you might not get paid. Mm-hmm. I, I could see that. I think the audience knows I have no, I have disdain, contempt for Sarah Huckabee Sanders. A deep, abiding distaste. If I was a hate guy, I would hate her. Mm-hmm. 
there's only a few hateable people. Right. She's maybe one of them. Right. So you're you're. Uh, so, why why do I keep feeling like I need to break no, down what you're saying? No, I just you're saying you're you're happy ultimately because you feel like yeah, she. Fuck her. You feel like she should when she goes out in public be reminded of the fact that she is a liar and she's working and complicit in a, in a an administration that is committing human rights violations. Yes. yes. Um, but at the same time, you have concern that uh, liberals will be caught in a, a trap advocating for this. Yeah. Well, yeah. I always try to do the what if the shoe's on the other foot thing. Mm-hmm. What if I walk into a business that's run by died to the wool Donald Trump fans and they recognize Jesse D and say, hey, GTFO. Mm-hmm. We don't want you in here. Yeah. Yeah. I- I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I would want to patronize that business. Right. Well, what's interesting about uh, Sarah Sanders' reaction to this happening is that she, as recently as a week ago, I believe is when the SCOTUS decision came down, was defending the right of people like Jack Phillips, you know, the masterpiece cake shop artiste, (laughs) uh, to refuse service to gay and lesbian um, people if he felt... Um, because of his religious convictions, his genuine, genuinely felt religious convictions. And so she was defending that from the podium um, just a week ago, I believe. And now she's kind of getting a taste of how that feels to be asked to leave. Yeah. That, no, I, to be refused service. Well, I I'm, just, I'm just pointing out her reaction. Yeah. No, um, it's, it's, it's shitty. But I, I don't know. Her, her hypocrisy is shitty. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. But wh- where where does this end? Where does this end? Uh, do you are are we going to have to have liberal businesses and conservative businesses? And I don't um, I don't blame the business owner. Let let me say that flatly. I do not blame. It would be I don't know that I have it within me the self discipline to say I I despise you and your views. But yeah, here's a plate of delicious chicken. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I have that in me. Mm-hmm. But, but what, do, what do we want to be as a nation? Who are we as a country? And what do we believe about public accommodation? As, as free thinkers who love the, the, the freedoms that we enjoy and, and, and the, the, the society that is open that you... You can't deny service to blacks. You can't deny service to interracial couples. You should not be able to deny service to gays because they're born that way. LGBT, anyone, bisexual, transgender, the rest of it. You, that is not who we are. It is antithetical to the spirit of America. So I know libertarians who argue that business businesses should be able to refuse service for any reason yeah. whatsoever and that the market essentially will take care of it. Yeah. Um, so if the it's word asinine. if the word gets out that the business is racist, then they will eventually close because people will not go to the racist business. It's optimistic. That theory worked really well up through the 1960s. Yeah. So so you have all of these <laughs> um, kind of sides coming at it. Yeah. And it seems like you are kind of struggling. Well, I, I am. I see both sides. I think ultimately... It's like a 5941. 
a 49-51 situation where I'm I'm tipped to the don't deny service. Mm-hmm. I'm tipped in that direction. To? So I'm with Sarah Huckabee Sanders on this, but only by a percent or two. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I am. I'd love to know what everybody thinks, though. Again, 657-464-7609. Email voice memos to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Well, that's what's interesting about it to me, though, is that she's taking issue with the fact that she was denied service, but then she supports... Why do I keep hitting my coffee? I'm going to spill it everywhere. I'm just going to move it. You are, it. yeah. Um, we got all the jazz up on the, up on the table today, the yeah. mixer and everything. Um, but she, she supports the right of businesses to refuse service. Yeah, but so are we, so we get to deny service to hypocrites? I mean... No, but I'm saying, can she become yeah. more rational yeah, yeah, in yeah. her views? Yeah, I'm not saying anything about I you know, or what other people should believe. I'm talking about her specifically um, and Mike Huckabee specifically. Um, this is the way they want things to be, no? Yeah. They want businesses to have rights to that deny right. service. That is right. So she should she should be loud and proud. Like, oh, you're exercising your right as an American business owner. Right, but not only that, she's using the power of her government Twitter account to take down a small business. That, and it's being taken down, that, by the way. That I have a problem Because with. as soon as this story broke, I went and I looked up the restaurant on Google, and it had four stars on Yelp at the time. And that rating is just plummeting because people are going. And I, as soon as I clicked on the link, it said this this review had been posted a minute ago. People yeah. were reviewing it in real time. Yelp is going to unfuck that, though. They'll go through and, like, all reviews that were posted within this period will be axed. That's yeah. the way they work. Yeah. Um, but they just, they just don't get it. Oh, you almost had it. You've got to be quicker than that. <laughs> they just don't get it. So uh, that's it. We'd love to hear what you guys think about it. Look, I know it's an unpopular opinion. I don't even like that I hold the opinion. But we have to be intellectually honest with one another about the situation. We can't have it that our people get service and fuck their people. They don't get service. You know? She's not a criminal. She's a liar. She's a terrible person. And if if we're going to be denying service to terrible people who aren't criminals, then we're shrinking our customer base, Brittany. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So let's move on to the more uh, planned topics. Did you see last night the Tom Arnold Poppy Harlow interview? I did not, but I heard about it. I was intentionally avoiding anything having to do with this because I I don't consider um, Tom Arnold to be a trustworthy character. Yes. And I think that this is all kind of um, an event that he's trying to create in order to get attention. He, um, many people, I'm going to pull a Donald Trump here. Many people are saying Mm. that he was on drugs. Allegedly. Mm. He appeared erratic. Allegedly? Okay. I didn't didn't watch it, so I don't. of sorts. Allegedly. Okay. And I... I, I, Let's let the audience decide. This is the last couple minutes of the interview, during which he refuses to answer several questions and lets periods of silence go like 17 seconds. 23 seconds. He's really comfortable with silence. I think 
that the president is watching this interview and he knows that Michael Cohen and I, when I leave here, I'm going to go back to the Regency with Michael Did Cohen. I want you to listen for a second. Just look to take, consider this. And I, I'm going to spend the weekend with Michael Cohen and the president, Donald Trump, Ivanka Trump. I'm spending the weekend hanging out with Michael Cohen and there's a lot going on. Did, so did, and, uh, you've treated it, you've disrespected him and his family, and there's a lot going on. So Tom, he gets to sleep. That's that's good enough for so me. So, Tom, you are going to spend the weekend with Michael Cohen, the, the president's former attorney. Yes. Did, and I have, did I have Cohen... so one person at a time, Felix Sater, all these people that were that, that were friends of him, and I've got one person at a time, okay. so let me, people from Trump's did, world. Did Michael Cohen tell you specifically that he is uh, working with the authorities, that he uh, has agreed to cooperate? with the authorities uh, in their investigation. I wouldn't, um, this, this is too important to me to F around. And you know the word I'm talking about. And I have a five-year-old <laughs> no, son and a two-year-old daughter. And that's really why I'm doing the show. And we're having fun with these Trump tapes. But this is serious to me, Poppy, and I'm not effing around. I, I'm asking you. No, I'm not you, saying you think did I am. Michael, did Michael Cohen tell you specifically, really, just yes or no, that he is cooperating with the authorities? Should charges be brought? Did he tell you? Do you not want to answer the question? No. You don't want to answer the question? Right. Okay. Because. Will you let us know what you learn over the weekend since you're spending the weekend no. with Michael Cohen? No. Thank you for being here, Tom Arnold. Thank you. Appreciate it. Very, okay. very weird. It makes me kind of sad. I, again, here, here's another situation where I, I hate being placed in a position to think that Michael Cohen, the fucking liar. I know. I know. The disgusting threat leveling turd. Yeah. That he's, he's, he's the one who's telling the truth here. I, yeah. I, what, what's happening? Well, Michael Cohen tweeted after this and said, appreciate at Tom Arnold, at Tom Arnold, I'm assuming um, his kind words. It's not properly written, Michael Cohen. Um, <laughs> but you're under a lot of stress. So I'll forgive you. Right, right. Um, kind, <laughs> and it's a tweet. Kind words about me as a great father, husband, and friend. This was a chance public encounter in a hotel lobby where he asked for a selfie. Not spending the weekend together. Did not discuss being on his show. Nor did we discuss at POTUS. Hashtag done. Hashtag ridiculous. Um, yeah, this was a very strange thing. You know, Tom Arnold has been claiming for a long time that he has tapes. Um, yeah. He has tapes of Donald Trump saying things that if they were to be exposed, everyone would finally see how terrible Donald Trump is. And like the N word, like heinous racist things. Yeah. My question is, what are we waiting for? Right. Um, what are you waiting for? Where are the tapes? If you have them, if they're so important, if they're going to make such a difference, it seems like they would be out by now. 
Is he just, he wants us to creep a little closer to... And, and if people are saying, oh, well, he'll get sued. Well, do you know how many celebrities will hand him checks yeah. in order to get that tape and, I think, and I think, protect him? I think Mark Cuban already said he'd pay the $5 million penalty. Yeah, I think that there's many people that yeah. would be willing to pay it. Um, I'm sure Chrissy Teigen would write a check. There's all kinds of celebrities that would be happy to see this tape. I think Tom Arnold probably just wants us to, to just get a little closer to thermonuclear war. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you waiting for? Um, but well, this, but this was a strange it, interview. Do you think it's going to matter? Do you think it's going to matter that that his his uh, Donald Trump's MAG Americans? You think they're going to give a shit if he drops the n bomb on on some tape? No, I think it would make um, a certain segment very happy. In fact, or do you think maybe it might push the these ridiculous soulless Republicans in Congress? To maybe do the right thing. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> I th- I keep on thinking that every time something happens and then it doesn't. Yeah. So I, I don't know. The only time a Republican pushes back is when they're no longer needing votes. When they're right. no longer running for re-election. That's right. When they are like 75 years old and a figure in the Republican Party and, you know, life is ending. And so they have nothing to lose anymore. And they can finally write an op-ed in the Washington Post against Donald Trump. Or 83 in the case of uh, John McCain. Yeah. So. <laughs> Bizarre. Again, we'd love to know what you guys think about it. Um, other bit of news before we move on is the fact um that the polling there's new polling numbers out about how many Americans or what percentage of Americans believe that Donald Trump should be impeached. I believe everybody viewing this or the vast majority are among this percentage, but also it's a strange number of people who support and don't support Robert Mueller himself. A new CNN poll shows that a majority of Americans believe that Russia's efforts to influence the 2016 presidential election is a big deal and should be investigated. But President Trump's attacks on special counsel Robert Mueller appear to be taking a toll. CNN senior political analyst Mark Preston is here with us with the new numbers. Mark, tell us what you found. Well, Allison, you're absolutely right. We do have these new numbers out. And look at these numbers right here. There's a 20-point differential right now. 55% of Americans believe that this investigation is a serious matter. But that's where the train goes a little bit off the rails. And let's explain why. Look at the approval rating right now of Mr. Mueller, who is leading this independent investigation into possible collusion with Russia. If you go back to March, his approval rating was at 48 percent. Now it has dropped seven points. The question is, why is that? Well, a couple of reasons. One is you have this constant berating and attacking by President Trump directly on Robert Mueller and his team, as well as his allies are doing the same thing. So where are the folks who agree with this investigation. Let's take a look at the issue of impeachment. More than four in 10 Americans right now believe that President Trump should be impeached based upon the information that we know at this point. 51% say no. So what is driving that number? Well, it really does come down to party. Look at this. Less than 10% of Republicans believe that Donald Trump should be impeached. Look at the Democratic number. That's nearly eight in 10 Democrats believe that Donald Trump should be kicked out of office. And then the independents kind of roughly equal where we are right now when the 42 percent number is brought in. Now, for historical context, the last time the number was this high was during Richard Nixon's presidency in 1974. So 42 percent of Americans overall, 80 percent of Democrats 
believe that Donald Trump should be impeached. And the number for Robert Mueller is somewhere around 41% approval rating, which used to be 48%. So he, his popularity or um, public sentiment is cooling mm-hmm. on Robert Mueller. Mm-hmm. And I believe that very likely could be that he's running this investigation as he should be. No leaks, and he's not seeking the limelight. So we don't see Robert Mueller's face. We don't hear Robert Mueller's voice. And all people hear is Donald Trump being a jackass, calling it a witch hunt over and over, and maligning both the investigation and then having his lieutenants and the morons over at Fox News... Having them do his dirty work to directly impugn the character of Robert Mueller. Yeah, well, I I encountered um, a situation where these stats were like thrown in my face because a conversation came up, a political conversation. What? what? That's uh, shocking. About how um, <laughs> Donald Trump is likely going to be facing very serious consequences for his behavior yes. in the future. And the people that I were talk that I was talking to are Donald Trump supporters, Republicans, and they said, "For what? Why would he be removed from office? Why would for he what? be impeached? For, for what? For what? What, what what's did going he do? On? Wait, what? Did he do something? <laughs> did he did he do something wrong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so this is well, this is really the concern uh, is that th- that's where that divide is coming from and the yeah. information that they're receiving and the information that they have access to because Fox News certainly isn't, you know, breaking news when uh, Paul Manafort is going to jail or right. when he's being indicted. Uh, if they do, it's on Shepard Smith's time. And no one wants to watch Shepard Smith. They want him to be fired. So those those very important points in the Mueller investigation that would remind them, oh, something's happening here. Yeah. They don't watch that. It, it is important, I believe, to to draw the distinctions and look at history and and the timeline and the amount of, of damage or work that was done relative to Watergate, Mm -hmm, which was a four year investigation before many of the indictments came out. That's right. And we're only one year in one year in to the Mueller investigation. And there's been 23 indictments, including the former campaign manager and then a a former foreign policy advisor. Yeah. So Paul Manafort, the campaign manager, has been indicted. The former national security advisor of the United States of America, former general Michael Flynn, not only indicted, pled guilty as a result of the investigation that has a very narrow scope, Robert Mueller's investigation. So narrow, in fact, that when he had all this information about uh, Michael Cohen, he said, well, this doesn't fit within the purview of my investigation. And since I'm running a tight ship here, I'm going to forward this information on to the Southern District of New York, where they took the investigation over. Because he's an honorable, 
war hero, mm-hmm. Marine. But also, in addition to that investigation stuff, several of Donald Trump's associates have admitted to communicating with Russians, meeting with Russians, accepting offers for Russian meetings. Even new information we're learning. Right. um, Of them suddenly remembering that, oh, I did meet with a Russian. Yeah, with Roger Stone and Michael Caputo. Yeah. (laughs) So, but these points are not being covered by certain news organizations. Certain ones? And so you have two groups of people that are very divided in their views on impeachment because they are not fully informed. Yes. That's it. And then you have a conversation about his impeachment and they say, for what? Yeah. What's going on? It is. (laughs) What did he do? (laughs) Patently ridiculous. It, It is unbelievable that one, Fox News is advocating their duty of a, being a, an, an honest, earnest, you know, we report, you decide. Fair and balanced. Fuck straight off, Fox News. Fair and balanced, my dick. You're not fair anything. <laughs> You're not balanced anything. You are state propaganda. I don't have the t- tape. I wouldn't play it anyway because uh, it's a bunch of Korean but the Daily Show, go look at the Daily Show's recent videos. It's like six videos back on YouTube. And they do a video in the immediate return of Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un from the summit, what the coverage was like. It's from Fox video. News, juxtaposed against North Korean, and they put subtitles. And it is... It's amazing. God damn. It is chilling how, how they are just really just S and the D of Donald Trump yeah. in the same exact disgusting fashion yeah. that they did for Kim Jong-un in North Korea. Yeah, these people should be embarrassed. And Lou Dobbs. I always Lou Dobbs, uh, yeah. I don't think that I don't think that Steve Ducey was in that video, but Steve Ducey, this oh, guy. Yeah. I don't know if if people saw this, but there was actually footage of Donald Trump taking questions from the press. And you can see Steve Ducey in the background taking a picture of Donald Trump answering questions from the press he's like he's squinting because the sun is in his eyes trying to get his perfect picture dude you just interviewed him you interview the president (laughs) that's your job this shouldn't be super exciting anymore he's taking selfies like he's back there like oh the president's behind you yeah look i'm near the president like you you just talk to him yeah we know what he was still standing under the tent from which he interviewed the president only minutes before it's not exciting anymore you you have a job to do please Please relax. Yeah. Very weird. Uh, Speaking of very weird, Brittany, I don't even think we're going to get to the immigrant stuff. I maybe. Let, well, let's talk about the Chris Cuomo thing after this. Because mm-hmm. I want to talk about Kill Me again, Fox News. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one year anniversary of the Charlottesville, um, the death of Heather Heyer, the white supremacist march. Remember, very fine people. On both sides, according to Donald Trump. I believe it was called the Unite the Right rally. Unite the Right, And that's so I right. think that's what it's going to be called again because it's the anniversary of the rally. Well, they're, they're deeming it um, a, a white civil rights rally. And it's going to be taking place maybe, it looks like, they're getting the permits because they, they filed a federal lawsuit um, in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I think they just got approved. This, this, this news package is from the local WUSA in Washington, D.C., Well, new at 5 o'clock, hundreds of people are expected in D.C. to protest what they are calling white civil rights. 
The demonstration will happen on the one-year anniversary of the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia. A 32-year-old woman was killed and several others were hurt last August. The National Park Service has approved an application for the rally, but WUSA 9's Michael Quander explains that the event likely won't happen without some pushback. A violent and deadly protest in Charlottesville, Virginia, made national headlines when white nationalists and counter-protesters clashed. Jason Kessler organized the Unite the Right rally last year to protest cities taking down Confederate statues. He's now planning another rally this year, right outside the White House at Lafayette Square in D.C. The National Park Service signed off on the application. The event lasts two days from August 11th to the 12th. This year we have a new purpose, and that's to talk about the civil rights abuse that happened in Charlottesville, Virginia last year. Kessler does not take personal responsibility from the violence in 2017, but blames the city and counter protesters instead. It wasn't the fault of my group that that stuff happened. Mm. So wait, you all feel like you all were attacked in Charlottesville? Oh, absolutely. Tracy Red with Black Lives Matter DC disagrees. Is that whole narrative that we start the violence is, is, is a myth. Kester says he's working with police, the Park Service, and giving people coming to the rally rules to hopefully keep things safer this year. He says the rally is about protecting what he calls white civil rights. We're facing uh, a lack of our First Amendment rights. We're not able to peaceably assemble. We're not able to speak. And I keep telling people, if your right to rally, your right to protest means that someone else's life might be endangered, then it's no longer free speech, but it's hate speech. Can you understand, I guess, why some groups in America, um, especially black people, Hispanic people, people who have been historically marginalized, could have a problem with your rally? Well, I, to be honest, I don't think that it's mostly black or Hispanic people that are offended by these rallies. Uh, this rally is not about opposing you. This is about us. This is about white people and standing up for our rights. In downtown Washington, Michael Quandle, WUSA 9. A permit to have the rally in Charlottesville was denied last year. Kessler filed a federal lawsuit against the city to have the protest. It is still under litigation. What are these morons talking about? We're marching for white civil rights. Douche chill. Well, they can't assemble. You're They're interviewing you because you're getting ready to assemble again. I, I'm confused. So you were in the news because you were right. assembling last year, and now you're going to be assembling in D.C., because you're in the news and they're like talking about how you're going to be doing that. And while you're talking about how you're going to be assembling, you're complaining about how you can't assemble. Yeah. Also I, you're complaining about not being interviewed while being interviewed. Yeah. You're, you don't have the freedom of speech. They're covering <laughs> your rally. I don't understand. You're getting news coverage, dude. Also you're a white dude. Nothing's happening to you. Shut your fucking mouth. Just clamp your pie hole closed, Jason Kessler, who used to be, by the way, a member of the Proud Boys. Let's remember from episodes back when we had a caller, Mark the Mailman, push back that they weren't a white supremacy organization. It just spawns just the, 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 a lot of the white supremacists. The, just the preponderance of their members happen to be also alt-right racists. Ah, oh, and a coincidence, everybody. Come on. <laughs> so that's a tenuous situation that's going to be happening in Washington, D.C., well, likely. And, you know, I I don't know that uh, 
I'm sure there will be a large presence of yeah, protesters. There, well, also, there will be a large police presence because Charlottesville didn't do their job. The city of Charlottesville, the police force, did not do their job. They allowed things to get out of hand. They didn't segregate the groups in a way that they should have. They allowed the violence to promulgate, and uh, things went sideways. They should take advice from the Laguna Beach police. Yeah. They really should. That was a great. Because they kept everyone separate very well. That was great. Mm -hmm. So uh, the other thing we're going to talk about, Chris Cuomo on CNN has a new primetime show. It's actually called Cuomo Primetime. Cuomo (laughs) Primetime. And uh, he, he states the case for caring about kids. We, 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 we recently had conversations with people and it seems that it is uh, a common thing for people to to have the attitude of "fuck them, they're not American," and that's part of what Chris Cuomo takes on here. Thousands of kids, as young as nine months old, shipped all over the country. They are in a lousy situation. Let me ask you: take a look at them. What do you see? It turns out the answer is not that obvious. Listen to how the president sees the crisis. They have pictures that were so bad. Uh, they had a judge that said it was inhumane the way they were treating children. Take a look at some of the court rulings against the Obama administration. They talked about inhumane treatment. I read them. I looked at them. They're all over the place. Inhumane treatment. They were treating them terribly. We have a situation where some of these places, they're really running them well. So to him, what does he see? Oh, it's all okay. It's all good. It's all good. Then we get the echo chamber effect, starting to sell the president's message. Listen to Fox. Like it or not, these aren't our kids. Show them compassion. But it's not like he's doing this to the people of Idaho or, uh, or, um, or uh, Texas. These are people from another country. So that makes it okay. And this wasn't a one-off. Fox has deliberately downplayed this crisis all week. Listen, more kids are being separated from their parents and temporarily housed in what are essentially summer camps. They're not in cages. They're not being gassed. I spoke to some African-Americans who say, gosh, the the conditions of the detention center are better than some of the projects that I grew up in. They will suppress the good news on the economy and promote children in cages. No matter what they tell you, this is not about helping children. Their goal is to change your country forever. Change the country. Dog whistle. They're not gassed. That's exactly right. Scary talk. And it's designed to push this us versus them political philosophy, painting migrants as dangerous folk, infestors, killers, gangbangers, and drug pushers in the main. There is no question that some undocumented people come to America for bad reasons and do horrible things. We all should know the system has to be stronger. Congress has to do its damn job and make that better. But a few is not all. Statistics bear out the facts, and none of what they are telling you about migrants in general representing a threat physically, economically, it's not true. But this has never been about the facts. It's about feelings, politics of emotion, powerful stuff. But there are still limits, my friends. And just like President Trump learned earlier in the week, people, no matter how partisan, don't like seeing kids being done wrong. 
and making some kids more important than others because of their nationality, suggesting we shouldn't be that bothered because they aren't us. They are others. That is ugly. And once Fox realized it, that that's not playing well with the public, they backed off just like Trump. All kids are important. All kids are special. What I'm just trying to say in this country, when they come in, that as a president of the United States, dick. You're up, you can only do so much for so many. <laughs> the truth of that is you're right. You only can do so much to separate, to put them in bad conditions, to not let them be reunified. And then the law will step in Damn. and catch you. But that's not what he meant. That's not what anybody on Fox was trying to tell you. But here's the good news. I think we're better than this. Because I think when most of you see these kids... Your mind goes to your own babies, just like mine does. I see someone's little boy and girl. I see the center of someone's world. I see common traits that trigger common concerns. My three, my Bella, Mario, Chacha, and some detained mother's three kids. I look at them and I see similar ages, a similar bond with one another. I don't know what I would do if I were in that mother's situation. And even if you don't have kids, you remember being one, right? Imagine how you would feel living this nightmare of being locked away from the only normal you know. Right there, you know all you need to know about what is right and wrong in this situation. Wow. Well, bravo, Chris Cuomo. Mm-hmm. That, that encapsulates what every clear-thinking empathy-possessing American should think about this. Mm -hmm. Well, all I can think about when I hear this argument of, well, they're not Americans, well, they don't live here, um, all I can think about is the word luck. And we've talked about this word on the show, and we've talked about my, my biggest pet peeves in political discourse are people using the phrase, pick yourself up by the bootstraps yeah. and people failing to recognize the role that luck has played in their life. And the people who are making this argument, well, they're not Americans. They're failing to recognize the role that luck has played yeah. in making them an American. They were born here. Genetic lottery is all that is. You were born here. Yeah. Nothing about your work, your hard work, your determination, nothing about you made that happen. Yeah. Brian Kilmeade. Okay. So when, when people are making this argument, I just think there needs to be. They're not our kids. Yeah. It's like you, so you won the lottery and you were born here and, and what other people who weren't lucky and who were born into terrible poverty and who were trying to escape terrible situations. Violence. Murderous violence. You want to step on their neck and you don't care about their situation because they weren't lucky enough to be born where you were. What really sticks with me is the fact that these are all self-professed Christians. Suffer the little children to come unto me. I mean, if there was any group, if there was any group that Jesus talked about, children, the oppressed, Refugees and these evangelicals, these loudmouth Christians who can't get a breath in without reminding you about Jesus and their faith. They turn their back on the philosophies of Jesus Christ. 
They turn their back on the hungry. They turn their back on the sick. They turn their back on refugees. They turn their back on children. There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about... Here we go. If, if the, the only time I believe that Jesus advocated for the death penalty, he said it is better for a millstone to be hung around someone's neck and have them tossed to the bottom of the sea than it is to lead a child astray. A millstone is a giant circle, like a giant wheel made of stone that you can uh, sharpen tools... It, it's a spinning thing. It's a giant, heavy fucking thing. Jesse D. taking it us to better church. To, ha- to be drowned at the bottom of the sea than to lead his child astray. Brian Kilmeade, you fucking dick face. Shut your mouth, you hypocritical Christians. Every single one of you, you've traded your credibility. You do not have it anymore if you advocated for caging children especially refugees, especially just undocumented. These aren't criminals. If you don't advocate for ripping apart families when someone gets arrested for driving without a driver's license, then shut your mouth, you filthy hypocrites. Well, and it's it's even it's not just separating the families. There was a um, a Washington Post article written, and a federal judge was in shock during this case. Yeah. and he said, if you go to jail, you get a receipt when they take your wallet, so yeah. that they can give you your items back. You're not. There's no paperwork here. How do how are you going right. to place these families back together? That's right. There's they no just, paperwork. They just separate them. The kid goes one way. The parents go another. There's no. Listen, when you go to an IKEA. And you drop your kid off at the little the little play place underneath. They put a wristband on the parent. They put a wristband on the kid so they match. So you can get the right kid when you leave. The United States government under Donald Trump isn't smart enough to even fucking do that. Ikea is more competent yes. than the Donald Trump administration. Leave it to the Swedes. <laughs> well, so This yeah. is abhorrent. Yes. This is immoral. Yes. These are human rights abuses. And so people are also saying, well, they know that this is going to happen. So they're choosing to come here and uh, have their yeah. have their kids taken from them. And of course he signed the thing and yeah, whatever. Okay. But but people that are making that argument are again failing to take into consideration the situations from which these people are coming. Yes. And we're the ones who are saying, listen, we know that you're trying to escape this horrible trauma. Like yeah. the the case we talked about on the last episode from the episode of The Daily with the woman who a man paid a, a dowry to her family and she was married off to him. She gets there and she's a sen- essentially a slave including a sex slave. She needs to have sex with him whenever he wants. She doesn't. So he abuses her, ends up stabbing her twice. Yeah. She goes to the police. They say, well, you need to obey your husband. He paid your family. You need to obey him. So people who are coming from situations like that. That's right. Um, we're telling them, okay, choose that trauma or this trauma. Which one do you want? The, the other thing we're doing is we're, we're, t- we're talking it up. It's an enticing thing. Idiots like Brian Kilmeade, Donald Trump constantly. The United States is the greatest country in the world. Look at the lights. Look at the, it's so wonderful, the fanfare. But fuck you if you want to come here. 
You're a disgusting vermin. You're a subhuman. I'm going to categorize you like I do insects if you try to come here to this thing that I can't shut my mouth about being the greatest country the earth has ever known. And just so, disgusting. And so going back to luck, I think that it's important for these people to understand a lot about their own lives has been out of their control. Yeah. And um, it's just the circumstances that they were born into. And, and more so than even us. Out of, I mean, a lot of things that happen in everybody's lives are out of your control. Yes. Donald Trump's uh, situation. Was, Including the bad things, yeah, by the way. It was given to him. Mm-hmm. A lot of bad stuff, too. But it's even worse in a country like that because you don't have social, economic mobility. There isn't anything there. Right, right. There aren't the tools to even lock into a good situation because it's all abject poverty and misery. Right. And so people like Brian Kilmeade, people like Ainsley Earhart. Yeah. Ainsley Earhart, everybody. What about country. the majority? Okay, the I'm majority. So tired of protecting the minority. The role of luck makes you more humble because you have to make room for that. You can't be walking around. I did all this myself. Look at me. Started from the bottom. Now yeah. I'm at the top. There were people that helped you. And part of it is being in this country where you had freedom to do that and access to programs that helped you, whatever, whatever it is. I don't know Brian Kilmeade's specific circumstances, but if he were to recognize the role of luck a little bit more, I think he'd be less of a dick. And that's all I'm asking. Taking care of biz. Uh, Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries, the Aussie comedian. Yes. Who has a show now. On Comedy Central. On the Comedy Central, yeah. I don't know what it's called. I think it's the Jim Jeffries show. (laughs) Um, If you search his name, I'm sure you can find it. But he had Jordan Peterson on. Mm. And we've talked a lot about Jordan Peterson on this show. And how no one can seem to break through to him because he's so evasive and he is very vague when he talks and you can't really seem to pin him down on what he actually believes. So he's a very difficult character to interact with. Um, But Jim Jim Jeffries apparently found a way because they were having a conversation about gay marriage. And I I guess Jordan Peterson had just never heard this argument before. Making people bake a cake for a gay wedding. Making them do it? Yeah. I don't think that's a very good idea. But here's the argument. So should they be able to deny making a cake for a black couple if they don't like black people? Allowed to? Probably. That doesn't mean it's right. Okay, so then we had the civil rights movement where they said black people, you had to serve them in your restaurants and stuff like that. And it did work and it did make our society better. But would you argue that that still wasn't right? No, that was right. Why Why is that different to now if you didn't want to make a cake for black, black people? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not different. Yeah. Maybe I was wrong about that. Maybe. Maybe I was wrong about that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm bummed that this is where the clip ended. And that's where the clip ended for the interview. Um, because I wish I... I want to hear a follow-up. Um, like, w- wait a minute. Are you, are you changing your mind right now? Yeah. Are you changing your mind with new evidence? Also, more importantly... Are you serious that you never put those two things together? You never thought extrapolated out with metaphors, analogies that might 
that might be an analog for the 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 the, the cake thing. <laughs> so it's okay to deny service to to a a a, a cake for a wedding of two dudes, but oh no, you cannot deny someone who walks in a black dude who walks in with his white wife. No, that's 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 a bridge too far. Yeah, it, it's it, the same fucking thing, especially when we're talking about religious liberty, because. Britney was raised by white supremacists who had religious justifications for white people not marrying black people. Well, like I always say, if you watch the documentary 12 Years a Slave, you <laughs> will you will see how the Bible yeah. was used as justification. Why does it always make me laugh? Um, but I tweeted this clip and I said, as Christopher Hitchens would say, quote, you give me the awful impression, I hate to have to say it, of someone who hasn't read any of the arguments against your position ever. Yeah. And when I watched this clip, I thought of that. Uh, Christopher Hitchens actually said that to Sean Hannity during a Sean Hannity debate. It, it was awesome. Yeah. And this this was such a weird thing. It, it was like what you're saying, like he had never heard this, which he had to have heard this. This is the main argument that people yeah. use. Yeah. Um, is he just not looking for information that opposes his view when he's such a prominent figure? You'd think that they would want to make sure that what they're saying is sound, that their opinions are sound, that he yeah. knows how to debate them. He knows what a rebuttal would be for this. And he just had nothing. It is weird that he's just not a thinker because you, you always listen. And this kind of brings us full circle to the, the Sarah Huckabee Sanders tweet thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be magnanimous. Like, oh, well, we got to be fair to Huckabee Sanders. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but we have to be we have to be earnest and honest with ourselves about our philosophy. Mm -hmm. I can't say, yeah, discriminate against all the conservatives, but how dare you try to, conser to, to uh, discriminate against me and my people? Mm -hmm. we, that's not how we work. That's not how it works. Apparently, that's how it works for Jordan Peterson. That's how it works for the Huckabees. Until comedian Jim Jeffries <laughs> gets that zinger in there. Yeah. <laughs> we we owe so much thanks to him. Yeah. Thank you, Jim Jeffries, for Nailed being him. for being the first person, apparently, that well, could get well, through. Well now now uh Peterson's are just gonna come out and oh, that was a gotcha question. No, I, I no actually, not really. <laughs> I what's wrong with me today? I actually did check his Twitter feed because anytime there's negative press about him, he whines and complains. Yeah, he like writes a rebuttal or he yeah. complains on Twitter. Anytime there's favorable coverage, he retweets the article and oh, this is a very reasonable take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so he's I'm, like a Canadian Donald Trump. I'm waiting for enough of his followers to give him shit for what he said on the Jim Jeffrey show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'll respond to it in some way, I'm assuming. Yeah. Maybe claim that knows. the editing was done. But I watched it and I don't feel like it was edited together in a suspicious way. Yeah. Did, did you get that impression? I didn't yeah. know. Anyway, we're going to leave it there. We'd love to know what you think. Uh, let us know. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email those voice memos to uh, from your smartphone to I doubt it. At dollamore.com. You hear that little noise? Uh, <laughs> I don't think you're prepared. Not prepared. I'm not prepared. We love you guys. Thank you for your support, for your loyal listenership over the course of these four and a half years and 400 and, you know, 500 episodes with our bonus content. Uh, if you'd like to help support the show financially, help us keep the lights on, 
Help us move the conversation forward, producing bonus content and our regular numbered episodes. We would love to have you in the Patreon family. Go to dollamore.com slash Patreon or go shop on Amazon, dollamore.com slash Amazon. If you want some Dollamore merch, it's over there on our on our trusty uh, Donald Trump cutout, the Dollamore uh, podcast shirt. Go to dollamore.info. Uh, go review us on iTunes and... I'm petering out here. You're not looking at me, but I'm petering out on the on the promos. So anything else? I think that's it. All right. Well, we will see you next time for Brittany Page. I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. And uh, anyway, all right, David Spall is the worst. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>